Hey there, Greybeard Podcast listeners. This is Bruce Buxton. Welcome to another episode of the Greybeard Podcast. That's G-R-A-Y-B-E-A-R-D. And this episode is going to be a solo cast where I will take some time to talk about success, fitness, achievement, all at a little bit later in life. Grateful to have you along. I hope that you find a lot of benefit from listening. If you like what you hear, please share it with friends. Uh, you may also wish to go to the Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review. That'll help a lot in disseminating the message uh, to other like-minded people. And so for that, welcome to this episode. Here we go. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Greybeard Podcast. This is Bruce Buxton. Today's solo cast, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about um, morning routines. So stay tuned for that. Um, this is the first solo cast I've had for quite some period of time. Um, I, I spent the last uh, several episodes interviewing great people that have uh, a lot to offer to you, I think, and to me. Um, those those people um, started with uh, a lady by the name of Lonnie Ray, and Lonnie is a podcast guest trainer. That's what she does uh, for. Uh, that's the product that she offers to the world. She has a wealth of experience in radio. She has a tremendous presence, and she's just really, really. She was really fun to talk to. And I think if you go back there and listen to that episode, there were a lot of golden nuggets there in that episode. Uh, the next person I interviewed was Dr. Dave White, who is a, a men's coach. Um, he's been counseling men for decades. He's also a NCAA Division One basketball ref, and he has a lot of really good stories and, and interesting uh, things to talk about, especially with um, men, men, a little older men, um, men that need to get their game together. And he has a lot to say about that, and I think you'll find that interesting. The last uh, episode was with Connie Medina. Connie is the, the founder of a business called Clarity Coaching, which is a... a uh, an executive coaching service that helps to get businesses either off the ground or back on the right track. And Connie was um, a very high-placed executive who quit to uh, took leave of her job, I suppose. That's a good way to put it. And uh, went out to start her own thing a little bit later in life after, after she'd gone through a, a divorce and, and remarried. And she was looking for, uh, looking for a new place to um, put a stake in the ground. And it was just a really great um, conversation with Connie. I think you'll find that good as well. So I've been really busy recently. Uh, we had a lot of Christmas travel and seen our we we spent some time seeing our friends and our family, especially grandkids and children, and we just had a really great time. Since that time, we, I, when I came home, I got pretty sick. Not so sick I couldn't get out and work every day, but so sick I sounded like a frog, and it wasn't really very attractive sound, but. <clears throat> I've tried my best to keep it together. You might be able to hear a few leftovers from that. Um, but I'm back to the daily grind and uh, ready to, to just keep at it and uh, keep building and keep working. Um, following up on the last solo cast, if you recall, that was called, uh, that solo cast was called Digging. I need to dig a little deeper, I think is what I called it. And um, that was me coming to you after I had made commitments 
about what I was going to do in the new year uh, to take hold of some of my bad habits or, or establish better habits. And uh, running across really uh, a real failure, actually. You know, I just didn't follow through and do the things I needed to do. So that, uh, that episode, I came to talk to you about my failure and just the fact that I obviously needed to do a little bit more work. I hark back to the that second episode in which I talked about the foundation of that big building in New York City. And what I was saying in that episode was that if I didn't get my foundation built in a way that could sustain um, these changes, that the changes weren't going to be effective and they weren't going to work. So... <clears throat> So I've thought a lot about that and thought, you know, what I what I skipped in the step here and, and why I went from commitment to failure and what I'm trying to do today, what I skipped in that step is actually building that foundation. You know, I, I, I kind of assumed that I could build that foundation through a couple of weeks of meditation and uh, and that didn't work. And one of the reasons I don't think it worked very well is as I think about my habits and the things that I want to change, things I want to get better at, the things I want to um, deep, deep six in my, uh, in my behavior, it's pretty clear that much of that is governed by habit. So what I wanted to do over the intervening weeks, and one of the reasons I didn't uh, do any solo casting during that time is because I was doing some research and just really trying to hone hone my understanding of what it is that I'm up against. And one of the things I came up against, or I came to understand during that introspection was that that idea that there was, uh, uh, I needed to understand and be able to deal with my habits better than I did. So I went and read a book by Dr. Wendy Wood. And that book was called um, Good Habits, Bad Habits. And, um, it's a scientific approach. Wendy Wood is a PhD of psychology. She works for USC in the business school. So she applies her great learning about habits to business and how we can change our habits in our business life. And it's interesting, um, an interesting book all the way around and mainly because it wasn't very anecdotal. It was really based in fact and science and experimentation. So the things she has said to me have a lot of weight, but she talked a lot about how those habits, how good habits are formed and how bad habits are broken. And um, I want to just kind of go through that with you at the beginning of this uh, episode to lay the foundation, so to speak, for where we're headed. So one of the ways that she, she talked about habits in terms of that, that all habits exist in the presence of cues, whether it's a good habit or bad habit, there's some em environmental, emotional, um, physical cue of some sort um, that that habit begins to express itself in your life um, in the presence of that, that cue. An example of that might be that if you're if you have a habit of uh, buying a pack of cigarettes every day, you might um, drive down the same road on your way to work and pass the same 7-Eleven um, that you've been buying cigarettes for for the past five years at that 7-Eleven, and it may be almost everything you can do not to just turn your car into the 7-Eleven parking lot and go in and buy a pack of cigarettes. Um, the idea is that the cues of driving down that road and passing that same 7-Eleven have been established to point your mind to what the next behavior needs to be. 
So the cue just says to your brain, oh, here's the cue. So this is what the behavior needs to be. So understanding what the cues are with our behaviors, either from the point of view of what we want to break, the habits we want to break, or from the point of view of what the habits we want to build, what cues could be present in order to point our mind toward that new behavior that we want to create. That's a really important step in understanding your behaviors and how to change them or how to create good behaviors. After that, after you've understood what the cues are and just examined where your habits come from or where the thought, um, Going back a little bit, a habit is nothing more than a physical expression of a thought pattern that exists in your brain. And so what happens is that um, you may have a specific habit of reacting emotionally when your spouse uses a certain word, right? That uh, neural pathway of overreaction or reactivity has been long established and that thought pattern has been long established. And then you physically express what that thought pattern is. And so what we're trying to do when you when you have a cue, you recognize the cue tells your brain that this thought pattern needs to be engaged. And then that behavior follows that thought pattern. So the next step in this is, you know, how do you how do you kind of interrupt that thought pattern um, so that it doesn't govern your behavior? And um, Wendy talks about the idea that when you're trying to build good habits, you have to reward the good habits. And that breaks that, that creates a thought pattern that um, is followed time and time again because it wants the reward. And then if you're trying to break a bad habit, what you want to do is you want to add friction into that thought pattern so that that, so that, that thought pattern is broken by the friction. So going back to the example of stopping and getting a cigarette pack of cigarettes at the 7-Eleven, um, the, the, an example of, of how to um, add friction to that bad habit would be maybe you do something as simple as you take your wallet and you put it in your trunk, for example, right? So then as you have the thought, well, I need to stop here and, and get this, and the thought's not necessarily conscious, it's happening, but not necessarily consciously, um, and your behavior follows that thought, there will be this impediment that gets in the way, this, this, this friction that gets in the way that says, oh, wait a minute, my wallet's in my trunk, and if I do that, I'm going to have to pull in, get out, open my trunk and get my wallet out, close the trunk and go in and get it. I'm not sure it's worth it. And so you're able to kind of interrupt that thought pattern, which gives you some control over the behavior in the end. Right. So that's an example of how friction added to a situation might benefit you in breaking a bad habit. What about rewards in terms of establishing good habits let's talk about say you want to establish a routine of meditation right so you establish what the context is or what the cues are for that that meditation and then you do the meditation right and then after the meditation you give yourself some psychological emotional or physical reward that establishes that thought pattern and that behavior as something of value to you right um so Maybe that meditation is followed by um, you standing in front of the mirror and saying you're the best person in the world. Who'd ever thought that you could meditate for 10 minutes? And doing that every time you meditate then creates this emotional connection that would not otherwise exist. It doesn't have to be a Snickers or it doesn't have to be uh, um, somebody else patting you on the back. You can go look in the mirror and pat yourself on the back and create that same reward. 
right? So first context cues, that's that's all habits exist in, in context and the cues that, that uh, govern the thought patterns. And the next with breaking a bad habit, you add friction and creating a good habit, you add reward, right? And then the last component would be to repeat. And this is really important, obviously, because <laughs> Yeah, the habit implies that you do it over and over again. So repeating is just kind of, that goes without saying, you have to repeat the behavior over and over again to establish it in what you're doing. I want to, I want to throw some, uh, throw an idea out there to you though, that I never th- really thought of. Wendy talks about in her book, how most people, when they're trying to establish good, um, good habits that are, that we would consider to be good habits, things that you don't want to to someday overcome, right? The things that you want to establish as, as habits that happen all the time, like to go back to that meditation habit, something like meditation, you want that to happen all the time. And that would be considered a good, uh, good habit. And so what she's saying is that most people have a hard time creating good habits. It's easy to create a bad habit for, we can go into that in another episode, but it's harder to create a good habit because a lot of times what people will do is they'll go for five or six days and they'll be doing really well. Let's say you, you, um, you know, you, you set your chair exactly the right same place in your office. Um, so that every morning when you walk in, you see the chair and you say, Oh, it's time to meditate. You sit down and you meditate. And then after you meditate, you go, um, into the bathroom, take a look in the shower and say, you're the awesome you're awesome. You, you, uh, are a great meditator. You give yourself that reward. And we might do that for say six days. And then something happens on day seven where, um, we forget to put the chair out the, the day before, or uh, our spouse gets in the way of that routine. So it doesn't happen or we get sick and we're laying in bed and, and we can't really do what we want to do. And then we say, Oh crap, I'm not as good as I thought I was because I didn't do this behavior today. And we tell ourselves negative messages about that behavior. And then um, maybe the second day that you don't do it, you know, you kind of rationalize outside of that. But then the third day you're saying to yourself, wow, I'd really like to go back to that, but I don't really want to start over again. And this is where Dr. Wood says, you know, that's, that's, that's not thinking correctly because habits are cumulative and they're not necessarily, not necessarily sequential. Um, yeah, now you you couldn't very well do a habit for five, do a behavior for five days and then miss a week and come back at it and say, oh, I'm down, I'm on day six. But if you did a habit for say four days and missed a day and you come back on the, on the sixth day and you're saying, oh, I'm five days into this, that's very legitimate. So in other words, missing a day here and there or missing two days here and there, it, it shouldn't discourage you and it shouldn't say, hey, don't do this anymore because it's just starting over again and you don't want to start over again because that means you're a failure. You would be able to say on that second day not doing it, hey, you know what, I know I've missed a day, but that's not the end of the world because Dr. Wood says that these things are cumulative and so I still am the greatest guy in the world because I am meditating um, 10 minutes a day and I'm going to you know, put that chair there tonight before I go to bed so that tomorrow when I get that, get up in the morning, you know, it's right there where I need it. And it's a cue for my behavior and then just keep on keeping on. So that's, that was really encouraging and really helpful for me when I listened, when I, when I, when I understood that from Dr. Wood's book is that that's, that that cumulative effect of actually doing good things doesn't have to be interrupted by a day or two of, of messing up. And we don't have to go down that road of saying, Hey, we're, we're failing on this. 
Anyway, so that's a lot of research I've done on habits, and it's really apply, it really applies to me because for the things that I, I talked about, I want to establish some good behaviors, and I also want to take out some bad behaviors and some breaks and bad habits. And so this helps me to really understand how I can, you know, put a system toward those habits that's not just throwing darts and saying, hey, if I have enough willpower, I should be able to do this. One of the things that Dr. Wood says in her book is that, is that uh, your willpower is misunderstood, that willpower is not for ba- breaking or building habits, that willpower has actually nothing to do with habits except maybe on a daily basis here and there. But overall, in the, in the idea of building or breaking habits, willpower is, is way overrated and way misunderstood. So that <laughs> leads me to the second thing I thought of and and the thing that we talked that I talked about earlier in the episode, which was about that that idea of, of uh, foundations and creating a foundation. And as I was thinking about habits and I was thinking about foundations, I thought to myself, I need to create a foundational habit that will um, that that instead of it just thinking I would do a one-time creation of a of a of a foundation that I had to think of it in terms of, hey, I'm going to build several habits that will act as a foundation for greater change, bigger, more public changes in my life. And so I started researching this idea of morning routines. So I don't know, I don't think we've ever really talked about morning routines on the podcast, but um, uh, in my research, People who've done great things, people who've achieved greatly in their life, it they tend to have more routine than less. This is particularly damning for me, and I think uh, if you talk to those who love me, they'll tell you that that I don't that the word routine and Bruce Buxton don't really they're not in the same category. <laughs> I'm I'm very flexible and I'm very spontaneous. And my ability to be routine about almost anything is pretty, pretty bad. And um, so I, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, I do believe down in my heart of hearts that I can change anything or be anything that I want to be. I don't, I'm not one who believes that I am this way and therefore that's, that's all I can ever be the rest of my life. Am I flexible? Yes. Am I spontaneous? Yes, I am those things. And I think those are genetic traits that I've been endowed with that I don't have to work at. They just come to me and they help me in some ways. And they also, you know, come to back to bite me in some ways as well. So looking at that, I'm thinking, okay, if, if most of the great people that I'm aware of have a really firm morning routine, just because I'm flexible and spontaneous in other parts of my life doesn't mean that I can't create myself a good morning routine that would be a good foundation for creating other success and other achievement the rest of my life. So I've come to this conclusion that what I want to do is I want to create, uh, by habit, a really good morning routine. And, and by doing so, the, what I can do is I can replace some of the bad habits that I have with my mornings, for example, with the better habits that are part of uh, a good morning routine that's founded on correct principles. So the last thing I wanted to do today in this episode is to talk about the morning routine, talk about what I've learned about it and what I think the ingredients of a good morning routine are. And what I found is that there's, there seem to be to me, and that's not 
set in stone and this is not by any means scientific. This is just from my reading and from listening to different things and trying to understand the best how this, how that understanding, how that knowledge applies to myself. Seems to me that there are five main ingredients in a good morning routine. So what I want to do is I want to tell you what those five main ingredients are from my perspective. And then, and then I'll go back and, and talk about each one of them in a little bit more detail. So those five ingredients for me are aligning and affirming. The second is planning and committing. The third would be exercise. The fourth would be the inside game. And the fifth would be preparing for the day. So let me, let me go back and, and talk about aligning and affirming. <clears throat> you can probably hear in my voice that my the cold that I've been battling for two weeks is kind of getting the better of me. I apologize. I don't want to be gross. Um, I'm trying to keep my voice together here. So uh, bear with me. So going back to that first principle, aligning and affirming. Um, it's important that we look at our activities when we first start our morning, when we first get out of bed in the morning, what can we do to establish a pattern of success? I don't know if you saw that uh, YouTube video from the Navy Admiral. He said, if you want to succeed in life, first make your bed. And uh, so that's one of those things. If you sleep by yourself or you, or you have the ability every morning when you first get out of bed, maybe your spouse gets out of bed first and, and uh, is off on their work day before you get off on your work day. That's a good activity. Making your bed would be a good activity. In my case, most of the time I'm up before my spouse and off doing my thing. So in my case, that just, that doesn't work. So for me, that, that activity is to walk into my office and straighten my desk, straighten my workspace and put some order to it. And that's what I'm going to try and be, that's what I'm going to do, um, to, to a start to establish my morning routine. But what we're doing when we, when we do that is we're aligning ourselves with our overall objective to be, um, successful and to have some order and to follow a specific, um, line of behavior during the day. Now, the affirming part of this, um, I think has to do with getting a hold of your self-talk right when you get out of bed. So instead of allowing, um, thoughts from the day before or worries of the day coming up to govern what you're thinking about that very first several minutes out of bed, one of the things that might be really helpful, <coughs> excuse me, to all of us is to be able to, my favorite affirmation activity is to go look in a mirror, look at myself in the eyes and tell myself messages that govern my self-talk. I used that example earlier in the podcast about um, maybe going in after you've meditated and saying, hey, you're the greatest thing in the world, right? So more affirming messages that have nothing to do with your habits, but have to do with what you want to be the foundation of your self-talk that day uh, might be messages like, today is going to be a great day. I've never felt happier. Um, I am uh, powerful. I am strong. I am in control of my emotions, whatever those things are. So present um, messages that affirm who you are, um, maybe not necessarily who you have been in the past, but who you are in your, in your visualization, in your dreams, in your mind as to what, where, who you want to become, right? As you state them in the present tense and you look at yourself, then you're, you're telling yourself, okay, no matter what I have been, this is what I am. 
And so those affirming messages, I think, are super important. So aligning and affirming. But I want to add one other thing to that, and that would be a state change. Um, Tony Robbins talks a lot about state change. Uh, he's a big fan of of getting a hold of your physical and emotional state. And for him, a state change means that you align your physical and your emotional together at the same time. And so one of the things he would do is he'd go stand and stand alone in a room and he'd raise his hands above his head and, you know, take three huge breaths and, you know, raise his voice and just a big shout of joy at the end of it. And uh, basically aligning your physical body with what your emotional state is um, that that could be a state change for me. One of the things I, I've started doing is to do ten push-ups. And for me, ten push-ups, although it's not impossible, it's not that hard. It is, it does require some effort. You know, I don't get to the end of ten push-ups and say I don't know what I just did. I get to the end of ten push-ups and say, okay, that that was that was effort. And so that's one of the things I do is I think as I I I get down in the prone position and I do my ten push-ups and and do some sort of a, a physical ex- or a, a voice expression that's positive while I'm doing that. So just aligning my emotions and my physical body together in a in a in a state of effort and um, and um, trying really hard to uh, uh, connect the the body to my emotions. So very sorry for that uh, split in the vid in the audio. Um, what happened? I just pushed the wrong button on my recorder, and I, I enjoy. I liked what I did before, so I'm just going to try and and cobble this episode together. So thanks for uh, listening to that interlude of music. So where I got to at the end of that, I was talking about the push-ups I'm doing, how that aligns my state. So that first section um, for uh, the ingredient for a five-part morning routine. Um, starts with uh, aligning and affirming and those the components of that are are aligning yourself by some activity like what I do with my office um, affirming through getting control of your self-talk and then the third thing would be a state change which I do with my push-ups the second component second ingredient excuse me I'm going to try and use the word ingredient the second ingredient for a good morning routine would be to plan and commit. And what that looks like for me is I'll go into my office, I'll have a short, I'll have a quick short prayer, um, asking for some, asking for uh, assistance to, uh, as I plan my day, and then I'll sit down with my day planner and uh, I'll go ahead and, and put some shape to what my day looks like. And I, I want to take a little aside here and talk a little bit about my, one of my heroes, Steve Covey. And if you've ever read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you'll know that he spends a lot of time with planning and understanding the beginning from the end and so on. One of the principles, one of the first three habits that are called the private victory with Steve Covey is called um, uh, put put first things first. And it's just the principle of not letting things that matter least be at the mercy of things that matter the most. And uh, sometimes we get that mixed up. Sometimes we put too much value on things that aren't uh, as important for us, things that really should be less important. So his, the principle he teaches in that is to plan weekly and be flexible daily. So he'll say, you know, once a week, sit down, put all the most important things to the long-term, six-year long-term success 
put all those in a weekly schedule and then every day go through. You might need to move some things around depending on the urgencies of your day, uh, putting fires out and so on that need to be put out. Um, but if you but if you do that, if you uh, allow yourself to plan weekly and then be flexible on a daily basis, you're going to be very successful in planning. One of my favorite planning quotes, I think, is uh, uh, General Eisenhower, who said that planning is useless or, or plans. Um, excuse me. Plans are useless, but planning is priceless. And basically the activity, he, he's just saying, you know, plans have to change by definition. They have to change. They have to be flexible enough to be able to be useful. But the exercise of planning is something that's really helpful. So I'll go and do that. And then after I finish using my day planner to plan my day, I will sit down, I'll have another quick prayer in which I commit to my, my Heavenly Father the things I want to do that day and ask for some help there. And I consider my relationship with, the, with my Father in Heaven as a partnership. Like He wants me to succeed and I want to succeed. And so as I express to Him what I'm doing during the day and ask for help and make commitments, that's very helpful for me. So that's why my planning and committing um, includes prayer is because that is a... a prayer begins a process of commitment for me it's not the only thing that it does it's a it's a way for me to express gratitude and align my will with my father in heaven's will but it also create it starts a process of commitment and achievement when i when i talk about those things in prayer so first one is align and firm second plan and commit the third thing for a great morning routine, third ingredient for a great morning routine would be exercise. I, uh, I've struggled a little bit with this throughout my life because I tend to run a bit hot and cold. Um, I'm not proud of that, but that's just one of those things that I think my personality moves that way. And so I have to, I have to really sit on myself to, to be more consistent. Um, one of the things I'll do is I'll, I'll decide, hey, I got to get in shape. And so I'll put a real hard effort into exercise for a week where I'll, you know, say I got to exercise for 60 minutes and I got to do this and do this and do that. And I get to the end of a week and I'm so burned out and it's so time consuming. And so, uh, so, so much a focus of what I do that I can't sustain that. And then I'll let it drop and do that whole, well, I'm not worthy thing. You know, I'm no, I'm no good because I can't keep this up kind of thing. And that's really detrimental. That's no fun. Um, so I've just I've started to do something a little bit different. And uh, what I what I'm doing now is I'm kind of working a little bit more with in interval training and high intensity training. Um, high intensity interval training um, is something you can find a lot on the internet. If you go look in YouTube, you can see a lot of uh, workouts that are high intensity interval training. That's the acronym is H I I T. And the theory is is that if you if you exercise at 60 to 70% of your heart rate, which most CV exercise, cardiovascular exercise is about that, like jogging or um, bike riding and things like that. And then you're going to be able, you do that for 45 minutes to an hour. Then the metabolism change that is burning calories and reducing or, or increasing the, uh, um, the beneficial, uh, parts of exercise for you like burning calories or burning fat or building muscle tone so on those processes last for two and a half to three hours after that exercise which is good that's really good but what they found is uh, interval training or high intensity interval training 
Um, if you do it for sometime over 12 minutes, but sometime under 20 minutes, then you create a metabolism change that actually lasts for 36 hours. That's really incredible when you think about it. So the, the options are you can, you can exercise for an hour at uh, kind of a cardiovascular type exercise um, pace and you can get three hours of benefit or you can exercise for 20 minutes, 12 to 20 minutes and get a, a day and a half long benefit. And I, I think I'll, I'll opt for the day and a half. What that does is it just basically reduces my commitment from a, a hour and a half to two hour long commitment. Cause by the time you get ready, by the time you do the hour, by the time you cool down, by the time you get showered and everything, you're in it at least an hour and a half. And sometimes as much as, as long as two hours, that is not sustainable for me in my life. I'm a little too busy for that. If you got time to burn, sure, it's very pleasant and that might be the way to go. I don't have that kind of time to burn. So I have to find other alternatives to make that work for me. So the hour, the hour and a half to two hours reduces down to, you know, something under 45 minutes and that is sustainable. That is, that is something I can, I can manage, you know, you exercise, get ready quickly and exercise for 15 minutes, um, cool down for 15 minutes and shower. Um, that, you know, that brings it into the 45 minute range for me. And that's really, that's really helpful for me. So exercise is the third component. If you can do that. Um, daily or regularly. It doesn't have to be daily. If you do it regularly, then you're setting yourself up with a good habit. Um, I would suggest some sort of physical activity daily. It doesn't have to necessarily necessarily be HIT training uh, daily, but something physical exercise daily. The fourth thing is the inside game. So for me, after I finish exercising, I've got at least 15 minutes before I'm not just sweating from every pore. And so I need some activity where I'm actually calming my heart rate and and creating some physical calm that reduces the amount of heat I have going on. And so what I do in that, the first 10 minutes after I exercise, I'll get control of my breath and do a meditation. And the, the, the benefits there are twofold. One, I get control of my breathing so that it's not just running rampant after my exercise. And, and secondly, it's a perfect prime time for me because I'm physically exhausted. So it's a great time for me to try to calm my mind and to calm, you know, not calm my body's needs and just focus on, on the space in between my ears. So that's a really good time for, for meditation for me and for goal setting, you know, sitting and thinking about what I just did, thinking about what I have to do the rest of the day, making sure that I understand the, the plan. Um, so the inside game, like I may have a, an emotional goal that I'm trying to, to reach. And I think probably for the rest of my life, I'm going to, um, one of those emotional goals that I'll think about really often is to be less emotionally reactive to things that go on around me, um, to be more thoughtful, listen more carefully. Those are all, all ideas. So you think about those ideas after you meditate. And that for me is uh, the best way to do an inside game um, uh, activity for your morning routine. And then the last thing is just to get ready for the day, just to, to make sure that you prepare yourself physically so that you're clean, so that you're well-dressed, so that you have everything physically. I, I work with a lot of people remotely in my, in my day job where, um, <laughs> once in a while they'll slip the camera on and it's pretty clear they haven't combed their hair. They haven't done anything except get up and go get behind their computer and sit down for a video call. 
or not a video call, but just a, 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 a conference call of some kind. And um, I think that there's plenty of evidence to that shows that if you're if you're prepared for the day physically, you're dressed in the right way and you're you feel good about your appearance and about the way that you uh, the way you present yourself, then you're going to be much better off, much more uh, able to do what you need to do that day. So the five ingredients, just reviewing them quickly, five ingredients of a great morning routine, align, affirm, and state change. Those are all the same category for me. If you can only do one of those, that's plenty. Um, if you can get all three of them in, that's fantastic as well. Number two, plan and commit. <clears throat> and remember that the planning component and the prayer component to me are, are indispensable. The third is some sort of exercise every day. If it can be a hit workout, that's great. If it has to be a, a walk around the block, that's great too. Some sort of exercise um, in that morning routine. Fourth would be the inside game. For me, that's meditation. And that's during that time that I'm cooling down after my exercise. Meditation and then committing myself to some uh, emotional and mental goals that I'm trying to accomplish. And then the last thing is to prepare for the day. So that is what the morning routine looks like. Now... I'm not going to make the same mistake I did last time and say, hey, I'm going to have this done and I'm going to commit to you to, to get it done come heck or high water. What I'm going to say is that, that I believe that right now this is the direction I'm headed is to create this morning routine habit based on the principles of habits that we learned earlier from Dr. Wood in her great book, Good Habits, Bad Habits. And so that's where my head is right now. That's what I'm going to do. Um, what I'd like to do is to encourage you to take a look at the things that are holding you back. And you may be a little further along in your journey than me. I hope you are. Um, I hope that you feel really good about where you're headed. Um, but, uh, but if not, you know, think about your morning routine. That might be a good place to get started. That might be something that um, will will be a game changer for you like it is most very successful people in the world i think uh, that we'll, you would find if you research just a little bit the most successful people out there have a very consistent morning routine that um is a foundational uh, a, a group of foundational activities that sets the tone for the day and creates a system of success so that's it for today. I, I wanted to talk about those things. I wanted to throw those ideas out at you and hope that uh, they help you. And uh, as usual, as I've done before, I just want to encourage you, if you like the podcast, please go to the Apple Podcast uh, rating and review section and give me a good rating and a good review. Also, if you like the podcast, please, by all means, share it with any of your friends or family. And, um, and I would take a, a, a message from any of you at any time. If you want to be on the podcast, if you want to, um, you know, tell us what you're doing, tell us what your level of success or failure is. If you want to find a way to engage with other people that are like you, this would be a good opportunity to do that. Just DM me on LinkedIn or Facebook Messenger, uh, or you can email me directly at bruce.gillette.buxton at gmail.com. That's G-I-L-L-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, like the razor. And, uh, and contact me because I'd love to hear from you. And I just want to express my gratitude for those of you who are coming back time and again. Um, it's a very gra gratifying to me to know that uh, you will listen and uh, that you I obviously are finding some value here. And I encourage you to continue to do so. And I can't wait uh, to continue in this journey. So where I'm headed now, right where I'm headed right now is to establish that morning routine habit 
uh, over the next three months. Now, Dr. Wood, one of the things he said about habits is that there's this um, this myth that 21 days establishes a habit. And she said that's not really very realistic. She said it's most more like um, three months of sustained effort where you create a habit that is uh, pretty solid. And uh, so that's what I'm, I'm headed to. The first quarter of this year is going to be dedicated to the morning routine. And uh, I'm going to bring you some interviews that kind of back all that up and that uh, establish, help me establish what the morning routine is and, and how I'm going about uh, establishing that in my life. So stay tuned for more about that. And we'll get into the month of April or May and we'll start working on some other things that build on that morning habit and that, that build on the gains that we've already made. So once again, thanks for participating. Thanks for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. Have a great day.